0: Hello and welcome to the ETOF 2-1 Sports Podcast for April 7th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric and I'm the man behind ETOF 2-1 Sports. We have a phenomenal show lined up for you today. My boy Kyle, a.k.a. the DFS Bachelor. He's going to be stopping by. Him and I are going to tell you what vouts to lock in for UFC 287. And as always... Brandon, a.k.a. at BostonBoy83, him and I are going to tell you what NASCAR bets to lock in for Bristol Dirt Race. Before I jump into all that, I need to come clean about last week, me not being here, and no ETOF21 Sports Show. I had a family issue. I had my dad not doing too well. He's doing better right now. Um, I'd like to personally thank you everybody that reached out to me sent me a message gave me a phone call gave me a text message you guys had no idea how much that meant to me my dad is going to have an uphill battle but he probably is the toughest motherfucker that i fucking know and he's going to be bigger and stronger than ever but honestly thank you for everyone that reached out to me uh really means a lot to me and uh you know i'm back hopefully You guys are ready to make some money, and before we jump into all that, I need to talk a little college basketball. It was utterly a great college basketball season. We finished a plus 64 UROI. Can't really complain about that. Also, we hit UConn future. We had UConn, San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, and Miami in the final four. Hope you guys have been tailing along. I really don't know what I'm going to be doing next year for college basketball. Still kind of fiddling that out. But I need to talk. I need to figure that out. Excuse me. Maybe I'll be doing some more live shows maybe twice a week. But I don't know. If you guys have any idea what you'd like me to do for college basketball, please send me a message. I'll make sure to follow. And for the first five people that send me a message, I will personally send you a little ETOF21 merch with the feedback provided for the college basketball what to want me to do next year do you want me to keep it the same doing the stuff on saturday morning the live show or look to do stuff by myself or do it more twice a week what could change just let me know also reminder the etalk 21 sports show is back this tuesday but before that obviously we've had some transfer news caleb loves going from michigan michigan that's the third big transfer they've added but they did lose jet howard kobe and hunter dickerson to the draft and or tra- trans transfer reporter i'm not really that big on joan howard i think howard's tenure at michigan has been an utter flop it's gonna be interesting to see where dickerson goes and how love fixed into everything going on there at michigan but i'll be honest if michigan doesn't make it in to the ncaa tournament howard's done i think he should be done right now but you know michigan's keeping him maybe i'm wrong I tend to be right with a lot of stuff. I think Howard should be gone at Michigan. And that's not just because I'm a Michigan State fan. Also, Hunter Dickerson. If I'm Dickerson, I'm probably going to go to Kentucky just because Kalapari helped Oscar Shibwe get to an improved level from when he came from Western Michigan. Obviously, I think he can do that for Dickerson. I think Dickerson made a mistake staying in college for as long as he did. As soon as he had that good... Season his freshman year. I think he should have went. Honestly, he's a little bit older now. I mean, it's going to be hard for him to probably get a cup of tea in the league now. I didn't think he was that good to begin with. I thought when his draft potential was the highest, he should have took it. But I saw him in person. And I didn't think it was possible for him to look slower and more unathletic in person than on TV. He looks absolutely positively awful. So... That is my college basketball thoughts. Also, this show, I forgot to mention that, is sponsored by Sharps. Make sure you use the link in the bio. Sign up for the best tracking app there is in Sharps. Now, let's jump into the podcast. We're going to start off talking a little UFC. We have reached the part of the podcast. We're going to be talking about UFC 287. And we have a podcast virgin coming out of the show. He's not a virgin mm. of much, but we have a podcast mm-hmm. virgin, my man Kyle, aka the DFS Bachelor. Kyle, how you doing today, my man?
1: I'm good, man. You're right. I uh, I've been reborn, and I am now a virgin. My life would be a whole lot easier if I was. I'll tell you that right now.
0: Well, Jeez. there is the podcast After Dark, you know, and uh, maybe we can get in mm-hmm. a little bit of that uh, those conversations because yeah. I'm sure you and I could. Mm-hmm. There's few people I feel I can shoot the shit shit with and can outdo (sighs) me in the story. And I feel you're in that category, my friend.
1: I got some bad ones. I got some bad ones. But I don't know. I don't like hanging out with Kevin Durant and stuff. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh,
0: dude. You know what? He's not as cool as you think, dude. He's not as cool. Right.
1: Actually, I know that. I, I know someone who actually hung out with him, too. I know he's not as cool as that. But nonetheless, I digress.
0: Now, before we start talking about UFC, I do need to plug the MLB show that you do. Every day, Monday through Friday, noon Eastern with Bet USA. Phenomenal show. I've tuned into to myself. Why don't you tell everyone what you do on the show and the format and everything?
1: Yeah, uh, well, and really, it's all the guys behind the scenes that make it look all cool. And uh, I just go out there and try to not look as ridiculous as possible. But uh, we go over our favorite picks Monday through Friday, myself. The experts will switch out, and it'll be myself every Monday through Friday at uh, BetUSTV. TV TV. go to BetUS on Twitter, BetUS on YouTube, BetUSTV.com. You can watch it all over there Monday through Friday. show's going really well. Keep track of our records. You can see all that stuff as well. We break down our best bets uh, throughout the week over at BetUS. We have a lot of fun there.
0: Great show. Uh, if you guys are listening to this or watching this on my YouTube channel, make sure you get over there. Give Kyle, a file and give bet us a file, but we're here to talk UFC. Uh, basically, Kyle and I are going to tell you we each have two bets we really like, we're going to tell you what we're betting and why. Kyle, you're the guest, I'll let you kick off first, my friend.
1: Yeah, I'm going to start with the co main event, and I uh, love me some Gilbert Durino Burns here. Look, he just has more paths to victory than does Mosfetal. You can get the Masvidal by knockout profit plus 650 if you're betting Masvidal. That's the only way he's got to land that miracle shot. But he does not have the ground game to hang out with Burns at all. I think Burns is probably a little bit better in the stand-up. Burns has really worked on his stand-up ever since he moved from 155 to 170. He's been an absolute monster. You saw the fight with Hazmat Shemaev. It was the toughest fight by far of Shemaev's career. A lot of people think Burns even was able to plot a victory. I don't think that. I do think that to have won the fight but it really improved his stock but this guy's a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt i think he gets the fight to the ground he knows that masvidal is dangerous in his backyard a lot of emotion the battle of miami both these guys are from miami i took burns by submission plus 225 i just don't think that masvidal has anything to offer him on the ground burns gets this fight down to the ground and i wish it was a five-round fight i really do but i think he gets it done inside the distance here by submission plus 225
0: you know what my first bet and i have this Basically the same bet, but I did Burns inside the distance so that wins win by key, TKO, KO, or submission minus one ten. Look, I love me some street Jesus. I love Jorge. He was one of my favorite fighters when he had that run in 2019, beating Till, beating Ben Askrew, and Diaz. But then he took that Usman fight on short notice. You know that was insane how he's able to fly out there, cut that weight, got KO'd by Usman, and that didn't look that impressive with against Covington now he's saying if he loses he's done like does he have a foot well, out the door
1: you know like yeah how I mean he's made, he's made enough money and, and you saw the Colby fight right yeah what did Colby do took him down to the ground exactly and smothered him on the ground and he couldn't get up and then of course you had the incident in the streets of Miami Colby talked a little bit too much shit Masvidal came up and uh sucker punched him from behind Colby hasn't fought since now apparently he's gonna fight for the title Masvidal's is a little bit crazy right and he kind of loses his cool a little bit um uh, since that baddest mother effort title fight with diaz the sham belt fight it's just you see the limitations in his game the game's kind of passed him by a little bit it wouldn't shock me if he retired uh i think he's, especially if he loses I mean, convincingly
0: and you and i have talked about it when we've talked to ufc before these fighters that are going into their last fight mm-hmm. they have that foot out the door they tend to you know Give up the takedown a little easier, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A little quicker to tap. I think this is a swan song. My worry is, and I was going to play the submission. I just can't get that knockout loss against Usman out of my head. I'm a little mm-hmm. worried about his chin. That's why I played the indecision. <sighs>
1: the rainbows, but- the the sparkly sweat. It was one of the it was a picturesque moment, right, where the sweat flies throughout the entire octagon and they capture it. In slow motion, I love how you called Ben Askren Ben Askrew. By the way, because he yeah. is just a screw. <laughs> of course, his fastest knockout in UFC history—that flying knee—came out and, and dropped him, and that was essentially it for Ben Askren. But uh, certainly in the UFC, anyways. But uh, yeah, Ben Askrew because he does have a screw. He was terrible. Yeah, and uh, but I mean that—that I mean, that, 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 that was yeah. him. That was his career. That was the highlight that put him to all that made him all this money was that flying knee knockout of Ben Askren. Yeah.
0: And that was 2019 and it's 2023. Now he's done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's done. Uh, I feel Burns is in his prime. You know, I feel after this fight, Burns is going to be in line for a title shot. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I think this is going to be the fight that gets him over the hump. Now we're going to shift our attention to our last bet. Kyle, what is your next bet, my friend?
1: One of my favorite fighters in the UFC, the action man, Chris Curtis. He's taking on Kelvin Gastelum. I like, I like Chris Curtis here. It's only a three-round fight. I think this goes to decision. I like Chris Curtis to win this by decision at plus 225 again. Look, Kelvin Gastelum used to be one of the top guys in this division, no doubt about it, but he's lost four of his last five. His only win in, that five, in those five fights was against Ian Hynish. A couple of five-round decision losses. He's got the cardio, but I think the volume alone. Chris Curtis can stop the takedowns, which he has fantastic takedown defense. Kelvin Gastelum is going to be outmatched on the feet. I think Chris Curtis outworks him for three rounds, gets the decision. You get that at plus two twenty-five.
0: I love it, absolutely, positively love it. Um, my last one, and Kyle always gives me shit. Um, I am a low-level women's MMA specialist, and so funny. Uh, I,
1: <laughs> but this one, you I know can't. What? I, I just can't do them anymore. Unless I'm just betting the underdog, women's MMA. Just I I. Too many arm bars from guard for me. Ugh, just can't.
0: This one, I feel, is a step up, though, because it's a little bit up the card. I'm going with Michelle Waterson Gomez. Is that what she's calling herself now? The Karate Hottie. The the Karate karate Hottie herself. I'm going her by decision, though, at plus 200. I feel that's the only way she can win the fight. Look, I know she's one in four in her last five. But when you just look at who she's fought, my girl, Hill, um... Double J, Espedez, Rodriguez, and Amanda Lamones. dude, that's a pretty high level. Luna is definitely a is a step down in, co- in competition. I know she can grapple, but I think Michelle will be able to keep this standing. And then with the volume of punches that she throws and Luna not being able to get her head off center, I think she's just going to out-volume her, plus she's susceptible to the leg kick, which... Michelle has a very phenomenal leg kick. I just feel keeping standing the volume and the leg kick. I think Michelle is going to get back on a winning, get another win. Her only path is decision. I locked in plus 200 decision.
1: Um, am I seeing Luana Pinero's sneaky hot here? This might be a, uh, a sneaky hot fight here between two hot gals here. Uh, I don't mind. I'm, again, I'm just looking at some uh, pictures here, but Luana, Luana Panero. This might just be a must must see TV over uh, at my house for tomorrow's show, for uh, tomorrow's main event.
0: <laughs> and one of the th- one of the things that Kyle and I secretly do is, and maybe one of these weeks, I'll I'll be able to get Kyle to come on, and we'll do our top five Instagram follows of MMA. Mm. Mm. Top five Instagram follows. I'm, you know what? actually i think that's something people actually actually like like you know maybe maybe i already have my list ready i have
1: my list i have my list ready already i already know exactly who is up there
0: i'll tell you what i'm looking at her gram right now dude
1: not bad right like i'm just saying i'm thinking luana pinero sneaky hot we just didn't know about it
0: you know what and i don't mean to be superficial i'm not a fan of the dirty blonde look
1: (laughs) oh okay okay dude yeah (laughs) yeah I don't know how far we're even allowed to go with this conversation. Are we even allowed to do a top five hot gals in uh well, maybe I'll sneak a guy in there like Adrian Yanez or something. Maybe I'll, I'll sneak, I'll sneak Dustin Poirier on there or something. I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe, we'll
0: maybe we can find it next time. I, I'm able to get you to come on. Um Maybe we can find it where we'll do our little, uh or maybe we'll do an Instagram follow of the week, something like that. We'll, I like and,
1: that. I like that.
0: You and yeah. I will talk it up. Absolutely. Kyle, I'd like you to thank you for coming on. Everyone listening and watching, please make sure you give my boy Kyle a follow at the DFS Bachelor on Twitter. And I promise everyone, he will step up his Instagram game so you can see that pretty face. Eventually. I'm
1: bad at that. Thanks for coming on, man. We'll talk soon, dude. Thank you, bro. Thank you, brother. Good luck, everyone. Please make sure you give my boy
0: Kyle a follow at the DFS. FS Bachelor on all social media, and make sure to check him out on BetUS. Great guy. Funny dude. He has some stories, and his DFS knowledge is second to none. He, I'll be honest, like, I bet NBA props now the way, I bet NBA props because of Kyle. Great dude. Make sure you give him a follow. Now let's jump into some NASCAR. And we've reached the part of the podcast where we're going to talk about NASCAR, and who better to come on than the man, the myth, the legend, Brandon, aka at Boston Boy eighty three. Brandon, how you doing, my man?
2: We we're ready to hit one this week.
0: I know we got that butcher top
2: ten a couple weeks ago, but we we're, we we got to grab a winner and get on that streak. Once we get one, we usually get two or three in a row. So, uh, dirt Bristol, what do you say? <laughs>
0: You know what we did in the first race last last was it, two years ago, we hit um Lugano at this track. So hopefully, you know, we can get back back to it. You know, we need to get a race winner. I have four bets. You have four bets. I have two top tens, two winners. Uh, I believe you have four winners. So let's let's yes. let's hop right into it. I'll let you kick it off. Who's your first one, my friend? My first one is going to be the guy that should have won the
2: race last year, got wrecked on the last lap. I'm going with Tyler Reddick himself at six to one. The man's good at the wall, he's good on dirt. He proved it last year until he got attempted to have a slide job done to him, taken out. Tyler Reddick himself, six to one. The man's going to be out front all night.
0: My first one, and I love yours. My first one, I am going. Denny Hamlin top 10 plus 150. Uh in the first Bristol race, he was third. Last year finished 35th, but you know, got had had a little bit of an incident that hence the bad finish. Led 91 laps in the first dirt race. Looked better at Richmond. Led yeah. some laps, won a stage, but, you know, it has been to a slow start, but he looked better at Richmond. I think he's due for some positive regression here. So i locked in Denny Hamlin top 10 plus 115.
2: I like it. And that man, just on a quick side note, is dying to get a win and shove it in NASCAR's face because I, I won't get into all the details. You can read about it. He tried to do an appeal. The appeal didn't work how he wanted it. 10 minutes after the appeal meeting with NASCAR, NASCAR came out with these new rules and immediately on Twitter about the appeals and immediately on Twitter, Denny put this just came out. What the fuck? That was his. He's not happy with NASCAR. He dumped J.J. Yaley last week at Richmond for no reason at all. It's Denny is a head case right now, but Denny loves to stick it to people more than anybody. So expect him to be up front. So I like it. Second pick. I'm going with the man that dumped Tyler Reddick for the win and didn't win, Mr. Chase Briscoe at eight to one. Another dirt guy, another guy that can I'm I'm going all dirt if you guys can't tell. So Chase Briscoe running second, did a slide job on the last lap, had an opportunity to win. So can't
0: can't take away from an eight to one. My next one, you know, dirt racer, Todd Gillian. I said right, Gillen. Yeah, Um, Gillen. Top 10 plus 325. You know, this is based on his track results racing on trucks. Fourth place in the 2021 truck race here at the Knoxville race in 2022. Won the race, led the second most laps. Dirt racer in the truck with success. Top 10 plus 325. I think that's a pretty good price. Plus, like, I don't know how you you have this race playing out. For some reason, I'm seeing Havoc and Rex and a plus 325 and a top 10. I'll take it.
2: Agreed. You stay out of trouble here and your car can still function. You're going to have an opportunity at the end for a top 10. I mean, that's the way dirt is. It's very hard to pass on dirt. They're going to get rain. They're getting rain all day today. So for both the trucks and the cup cars, There are no practice at all. They're going straight into the heat races. So mind you guys, there is no qualifying for this. It is heat races to determine your starting position. You can also bet on the heat races. So if you want to do live betting, that's tomorrow night. But they're expecting more rain tomorrow. So I have a strange feeling that we could roll into Sunday with no qualifying, no practice, no anything. That's why I'm leaning on the dirt guys because every dirt race is different. It's not like an asphalt track to where rubber yep. g- gets built up. The line changes, the groove changes. It's going to be, to your point, a crap show. But I think me and you both—you have another winner, right? I have
0: two more winners. You have Christopher Bell, right? Uh, yes, I have Christopher Bell. Why don't you? Wow. Why, don't, why don't you make your state statement for Christopher Bell? I'll make my statement for Christopher Bell.
2: Dirt guy. Whenever he's not running the cup car, he's on dirt, whether it's midgets, uh, late models, anything. Same with Larson, which I know Larson to everybody is going to be the go to pick at five to one. Like Larson, absolute dirt guy. I'm not doing a five to one bet. I'm not. But I like Christopher Bell, consistently good on dirt. And I think he's what, seven to one? Yeah, seven to
0: one, Christopher Bell. I, I know like you're going
2: to throw some stats out here. Um, you're the stat
0: guy. I just look at it like this last year. Started second, finished seventh. Um, and the thing along with all the dirt stuff that you st- stuck out, the thing that started to me in the seven races to start the season, he's finished five. He has five of seven top five finishes, so he's like consistently toward the front of the pack. Um, you know, he mixed in a couple thirteens, but he's consistently running well. And a driver like that is someone that I want to bet. Um, I found him at plus six fifty. You obviously got a better price than me, so. Uh, we both have Christopher Bell. Brandon has him at plus 700. I have him at plus 650. You hit your next bet. Cause I want to end with the one that we talked about. Uh, my next one is I took Ryan Blaney at uh, 18 to one. I know he struggled to start the season, but there's been two dirt races at Bristol. He's had two top 10 finishes. And, you know, if you just look at his last six races, I know this is on dirt, but this is still a short track. So if you look at his last, Six races on the short track, five top fives. Um, you know, eight you look at you know, eight top tens, you look at the last eight, excuse me. Um, so the last eight, and then last 10 Bristol races, he has six top tens. Yeah, so he's been doing well on short tracks, doing well at Bristol, and he did well here the last two races. Obviously, he's one of the most talented drivers on the circuit. I'm seeing 18 to one. I think he's kind of getting lost in the mix. So I'll take him at 18 to 1. Yeah, I like it. Um, we're going to jump over to a guy that most of you probably have never
2: heard of. I watched him locally here for years growing up in high school. Jonathan Davenport runs the World of Outlaws and multiple dirt series uh, throughout the US. All he does is drive dirt, 50 to 1 odds. He has to qualify in. So in his heat race, he has to do well even to get into the race. He doesn't have a provisional, any of that. If he makes the race 50 to 1 for a guy that consistently runs dirt and only dirt all year round, I don't know how he's going to adapt to the cup car. If there is no practice, I don't know if that's going to hurt him. But at 50 to 1 for a man that I've watched dominate the dirt series, run door-to-door with Larson, on dirt with bell with all these guys i can't steer away from jonathan davenport at 50 to 1 odds to win the race and then i think you might piggyback but he's also plus uh 250
0: for a top 10 and he's a dirt guy i like that and like just i'll probably play the plus i'll I'll play davenport top 10 plus 250 after hearing what you had to say and we got to have the same thought process. There's certain times where we see like a road racer, like an AJ. um, Oh my God. Almondinger, where we bet him because of the history he has on these road races, on road races. It's the same thing here with Davenport with Davenport's history on dirt tracks. We have to play him in this situation. So that's why we are playing Davenport Brandon's taking him at 50 to one to win it. I'm taking him at plus two fifty for a top 10. Brandon, I'd like to thank you for coming on and talking some NASCAR. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend, Boston boy, 83, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter. That's all we got. We got
2: to grab, we got to grab, grab a money bag this week.
0: Now, um, you know, to, uh, Couple quick questions for you. You being a Celtic fan, just a couple basketball questions for you. Let's start out with the teams in the the play-in um, between the Heat, Hawks, Raptors, and Bulls. Team you'd want it, the Bull, the Celtics, because they are the two seed to play the most. Team you would want them to play the least. So most Atlanta, Chicago, least Miami, Toronto. Okay. And yeah. then um, would you rather be matched up with the 76ers or the Bucks in the second round? The Sixers all day, dude. The Bucks. It's funny because I
2: wanted to text you the other day when we won 140 to 99. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a big win. But it's not because there wasn't a whole. Yeah, you're kind of playing for a seed, but you're not. The Bucs have had our number year after year after year. We got through it last year, lost in the finals. I don't want to see the Bucks. I don't. I to your point, I don't think we have a big man. I love Williams, but I don't think we have a guy that can sit there and stop the Greek freak all day. And then Middlebrooks just or Middleton just does his thing against us every time we play. The Sixers, we've owned them for years they don't scare me they don't bother me they're really really good but for whatever reason we've owned them for their two years. best
0: players are out of shape yes good there they're, it is you know they that's basically it. the two best players are out of shape uh one more quick thing um jesus christ dude bruins <laughs> 127 points Have that President's Cup locked up to this is one of the things because hockey is completely different than most sports. Um, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm nervous. Oh, are you like, you know what I mean? Like, how nervous are you about the Bruins?
2: Very nervous. So, one, if you look at like the last 10 years. The President's Cup team does not win the Cup. You you look back two years ago, Tampa dominated, did did basically what we're doing this year, dominated, and then got knocked out in the first round against the wild card Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't think – I'm not worried about the first round, but once you get out of the first round, you're either playing Toronto or Tampa. You get out of that round, you're either playing Jersey, New York Rangers, or the Carolina Hurricanes. Like, I will call it as it is right now. The Stanley Cup will end in the East. Whatever team it may be, it will be in the East. But I think the battle to get to the Cup in the East is the hardest that I've ever seen since I can remember. Even though we're dominating, which when we signed a lock two years ago, I was like, effing backup like what are we doing with this guy and then all of a sudden he stood on his head all year but his win percentage in the playoffs is only like 498 so he has a terrible terrible playoff record which who knows it could have been a bunch of wild card teams whatever but i also sounds homerish i don't see a team right now that can actually beat us in a seven game series
1: like we're, we're sitting players.
2: We're sitting Bergeron, Marshan, Lindholm in a game, beating Carolina. Then we're sitting uh, we're playing Swayman, our backup goalie, and sitting McAvoy and Debrusque, and we're winning. So I don't I don't know what it is. It's weird. I'm enjoying it, but I will tell you this right now as a fan. If we don't win the Stanley Cup this year, it's all for nothing. All for nothing. I don't care about the record. I don't care about the Presidents Trophy. If you don't win the Cup, having this good of a year, it's like the Pats going
0: 16 and 0 and losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Do you feel though that you not having to play? Because my thing about the Bucks is this, and I'll, I'll ask you about the Bruins. I was looking at the Buck schedule, and I'm this. I made the statement like back in January or February, whenever Giannis went down with that injury. I go, dude, like, they're not playing a meaningful basketball game until May. Maybe that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when's, like, do you feel like the Bruins not playing a meaningful game for such an extended period of time is going to A, hurt them, or B, you know what, they not really matter? I would say yes. Like, normally my answer would be yes. But what I saw last night
2: against Toronto – A good clean hit by Toronto. That was a hard hit. Immediate fight. Tied the game in the third. Won it in overtime. Boys are going crazy. It was physical. Like seeing that in a meaningless game tells me that these guys are focused. Yeah. If we were dropping the last three out of four, five out of seven over the last month and they just look lackadaisical, then yes, I'd be concerned. But after what I saw last night against Toronto in a game that doesn't mean anything for either team, I I think the boys are ready. But I think we're going to have to close out the first round early, get a little bit of rest, and be ready for Tampa or uh,
0: Toronto in round two. Makes sense. Makes sense. Brando, thanks for coming on, my friend. And, uh, you know, let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. And we'll talk next week, my friend. Dirt this week, folks. Let's go. Cash them. That's it for the podcast this week. Thanks for tuning in. Obviously, Jim will be back next week because of stuff going on in my personal life. Couldn't make it work out this week. And, you know, make sure you give him a follow. Make sure you give Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83. Give Jim a follow. Give Kyle a follow. That's it for this week's show. As always, use the Sharps app to track your bets. Click the link below the podcast description and start tracking your bets that way they know I sent you. We'll be back next week. Also, the eTalk21 Sports Show is back live, 10 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Twitch. Make sure to set those reminders for that. Let's make some money and let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.